Good day, nerds. This is Megan McCarthy Bianc. In today's Cantina Conversation, we're talking to Alyssa Noel about her latest book, Stealing Infinity, coming out June 28th. Uh, this book was really cool. Um, it is about tri- time traveling thieves. So um, it was really cool to kind of dig deeper and get inside her brain and see kind of the process and all the research that went into this. Uh, and I'm happy to learn that it's going to be a trilogy. So there's lots to talk about in this conversation. Uh, go ahead and take a listen. We're here today with Allison Noel talking about her upcoming release stealing infinity um and it's coming out june 28th uh allison thank you thank you welcome welcome it's been a while since i've read like fantasy type but it also does have historical like artifacts that actually exist so i thought that was super cool so i was um you know i'm i'm excited to to dive a little bit deeper into it today so thanks for being here oh thanks for having me i'm super excited to be here yeah. So um, before we get started, how about you give like a little brief summary or synopsis so that um, listeners can kind of follow along with the conversation? Sure. So briefly, <laughs> Silly Infinity is about a seemingly ordinary girl named Natasha, and she's sort of given up on herself. She's ditching school, failing classes a lot like I was my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and she knows it's not going to lead anywhere good, but she's just in a spiral of apathy. Um, when she's framed for a crime she didn't commit, she's bailed out of jail by a guy who gives her a choice. Accept the offer to attend Grey Wolf Academy, an off-the-grid school run by the reclusive tech trillionaire Arthur Blackstone, or return to the drudgery of her own life. If she accepts the offer, her mom will be looked after financially, and if not, she's just back to the daily grind. When she... She accepts the offer. <laughs> when she arrives at the <laughs> academy, she learns that all the students there are trained as time traveling thieves, traveling back in time, stealing great works of art for Arthur. But for Natasha, Arthur has a whole other plan in mind. So it's sort of a fun, fast paced read that takes place in a less romantic world where nothing or no one is quite what it seems. It's pitched as Da Vinci Code meets Riverdale. with a dash of all twist and uh, it was super fun to write yeah I can tell that you had fun writing it and Natasha like I liked her as a character she's relatable but like for me personally maybe just teetering on that side of me not being able to relate to her but I think it's because of like her background and her attitude and she's just you know because I haven't if, if I might have gone through the similar circumstances, m- maybe I would have been able to see some of her choices, some of her outlook where, yeah, the, very apathetic, basically, like she just doesn't, she's, there was a huge shift, you know, after the huge life event happened for her, understandably so. No, but I still, I still liked her and I, there are parts that I saw myself in her, like just how all of a sudden how ambitious she got, like she just she found like the goal, like when she wanted to, I don't know, level up, so to speak, she wanted to catch up to everyone. And like, that was all that just like consumed her mind for so long. And then once she got there, it was like such a unbelievable, you know, I can almost feel like her sense of accomplishment for with her. And so I think that was like such a like insight into who she is as a person. Like there's something there still, you know, like there's that still that sort of ambition and that that drive there's still some of that in her and so kind of like 
to see this new crazy environment bring that out in her once again that was that was super cool so let's go like go into your background and maybe like just experiences maybe what might have led up to coming up with this story. Yeah. So as for the character of Natasha, I mean, I can relate to her because that was kind of my life. Mm. Uh, You know, I, I had the same trajectory as her. I used to be a pretty high achieving kid. And um, my dad left my family when I was 12. Okay. Mom who had no education. She was a housewife for 23 years, suddenly had to find a job and I was raised on minimum wage. My mom worked mm. at Penny. Um, I've been working since I was 12, babysitting and contributing money for things that I yeah. need. So, you know, I was forced to sort of grow up way quicker than, than I should have had to, but I yeah. did, you know, and I was suddenly worrying about the mortgage while other people are worrying about, you know, a school dance or something like that. And I reached a point in high school where I just felt so beaten down and so hope, just hopeless. And I just totally gave up on myself. So yeah. I was getting the AP classes, cutting class, you know, and, and at the risk of failing out of my senior year. And I knew it and I just <laughs> couldn't stop the cycle because I was like, you know, screw it. Like I have a job an after school job. I'm making money for that. No one's paying me to take a history exam. So what am I yeah. even doing here? You know, it was like the necessity of having to try to contribute to our house and keep a roof over our heads sort of outweighed everything else. And, and that's who Natasha is when we meet her, you know, she's spiraling and all that, but that, yeah, but that ambition that's just dormant. And it's, it's covered in this layer of fear. Like maybe I can't become that person anymore. Maybe that's who I was, but now I'm just destined to be this. And maybe there really isn't a place for me in the world because I can't relate to my peers and I don't know where I belong. And it, it, you know, she's sort of hiding behind that fear that she'll never find a place. Mm -hmm. And so why, why take the risk of trying to make one for yourself? And I mean, at a young age, that's who I was too. And, and like Natasha, you know, I found my way out of that, luckily. Um, (laughs) When she she does get to Grey Wolf and she's sort of tasked with remembering who she was and then becoming that and then surpassing that, it's this real sense of elation for her. It's like she's found herself again and and what she's capable of. And so um, it was fun taking her on that journey, that emotional arc to becoming herself. And um, as far as how the story was born, I mean, I had had, you know, 27 books under my belt and I had taken five years <laughs> off from writing my frankly just very burned out and yeah. maybe thought oh maybe I'm retired now you know so <laughs> I, played it, I played it that for a while and I you know I'm just not very good at being retired I like to have <laughs> things to do and then the pandemic hit and you know I'd had this idea in my head for such a long time and I thought well I'm in quarantine. I'm, you know, I'm under lockdown conditions. I may as well just see where this goes. And I didn't have that pressure of like, I have to hit a deadline or I have to appeal to an audience or any of these things that, you know, I had to deal with before when I was actively writing and meeting contracts, I could just sort of write this book for myself and see where it went. And so that was sort of a fun bit of discovery. Yeah. So then was that nice? I imagine for you <laughs> to just yeah, write at your own I mean, pace without that pressure. I hadn't had that experience since my very first book. 
you know, and when it's your very first book, you're always in this big hurry, like to make the things happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no matter how many times I'll try to tell a new writer, like, this is as good as it gets, like this moment of discovery, <laughs> you know, you're going to be under deadlines from here on out. No one listens to that. And I don't blame them. I wouldn't either. But yeah, yeah. Was great. <laughs> I got to have that experience again, you know, and, and that was that was pretty special. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, you definitely have experience. You have a bunch of titles under your belt. So what else? How else did the experience of writing this book differ from your experiences from your previous works? Yeah, I think, you know, being under... like we're all living in this time of like high anxiety, a lot of despair, tons of uncertainty. And, you know, I tend to take moments like that from my life and Mm. try to sort them out on the page. You know, I, I've, you know, the, the 27 books before were sort of therapy (laughs) cleansing me of of all (laughs) my past things. And now this new thing was happening. And, and I just had this strong desire, like the world that we were living in was just so painful at the time. And there was so much fear and so much loss. And I just wanted to escape into a different one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought I would create the world that I wanted to occupy for a while. Yeah. You know, a world of my control. And, um, (laughs) and that's how, you know, Gray Wolf was born. And I took, you know, my love of, of themes, concepts like time travel, my love of great works of art. I was thinking of all these you know, all these lockdowns and there's the great museums of the world are just sitting there empty and they're mm. full of magnificent pieces of art and they're just empty and no one's standing there to appreciate them, you know? And so I just sort of all of these little bits and pieces found their way in and created this world. Yeah. That's really cool that you kind of, you pulled from different parts and you made it work. <laughs> you found a way to like fit them all into this. It's pretty complex, but a little sophisticated story. And I love that you made it work because it was, yeah, it was entertaining. And, you know, we do want to be a little spoiler free, but I think the fact that I can, so I, I, you know, the time travel, it's, it's introduced in like the synopsis, right. Or the kind of the press materials. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought that was super cool too. Cause I don't know, I, something about time travel is just very, is pretty attractive. And like, I feel like there's just, you know, of course it's been done, but I feel like there's still so many ways that you can kind of play with it. Um, you know, as long as you, as long as you're consistent. Right. Um, and so you kind of like talking about your love for art. And so a lot of the events and situations take place in like Versailles and -hmm. France. So that, um, was that always, are you just kind of like, is that your, you know, your love over there where you're just like always attracted to it, kind of always attached to it? Like, why did you pick that, you know, particular situation, scene, scenario, time period, region, what have you to like kind of focus on? Yeah. I mean, you know, for book one, part of like creating this really lush, opulent world, I was like, well, what really is more opulent than Versailles? I mean, (laughs) that's like as opulent as it gets. And, you know, I, I love France and I love French culture and I've been to Versailles several times and throughout history known for, you know, their grand parties and all of these things. And so I thought that would just be a really fun atmosphere to drop this character in and therefore be able to take the reader there as well as, you know, they follow her journey to the things that she does when she's there. And, you know, 
it allowed me, like, cause I, my husband and I travel all the time, but of course we haven't really gone anywhere yeah. <laughs> in 2019. And so it also allowed me to sort of, you know, travel along with her and via, you know, the internet and reading and researching and doing all that. But again, I got to escape the confines of my house, the confines of this current time that we were living through, you know, by taking this journey with her. And yeah, I mean, I have a love of, of art and I, and I like writing books that are, you know, fantasy based, but also use a lot of grounded real world concepts as well, mm-hmm. you know? And so I like to sort of marry the two. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good strategy. Cause sometimes I find like with a lot of fantasy or sci-fi at least for me personally, as a reader, it takes me a little bit to get used to like the different terms of the different naming conventions or the different like concepts just to get like really understand the world before I can like then get into the story. And but once I do, then I'm like, oh, okay, then I get really into it. But I think it's it's helpful to, you know, to allow the reader to like recognize names, to recognize places, to recognize, you know, even the technology that, you know, because we're all following this through uh, Natasha's experience and through her point of view. And so um, I think definitely think that's really helpful because she's kind of like when she steps in the, the academy, she, you know, she finds like, oh, like everything that she knew that she thought she knew is way outdated, I guess, compared to like what is possible or to what um, Arthur has been able to cultivate somehow. Um, so, no, I thought that was very cool. I think that's really a good strategy to to kind of just figure out how to how like how to make it relevant, how to like make it, you know, recognizable for people, easier for people to like get into it. So I know I did appreciate that, even though I hadn't, you know, I had no clue what, what to, you know, what to expect. I, I didn't know anything to compare it to, but that's probably um that's probably a good thing for my reading experience. So you've written books for like various age groups. Mm-hmm. Like you have a bunch of like middle grade, um, young adult. And then Stealing Infinity is aimed for young adult, correct? Yeah, it is. I have one adult book, um, several middle grades. Primarily, the the majority of my books are young adult. And um, Stealing Infinity is one of those. It's a little bit older young adult, I guess, and that the character is 18. Mm. Um, you know, not the the 16-year-olds of my yeah. Years, but, um, but yeah, it's still considered a young adult book. Yeah. So like, what were like kind of the biggest challenges or maybe biggest lessons learned? How does your process go when you have to switch back and forth between like age groups and, or intended audiences? And like, how do you, you know, how do you decide it does the age group come first and then the story or does the story come first? And then you're like, oh, maybe this is better suited for this age group type of thing. You know, I think, um, I think it's, it's, uh, for me, it's about inhabiting the character who's going to drive that narrative. Mm. And, and, and then that's who and what the narrative becomes. I know when um, I written the Immortals series, and that was like a big series for me. And there was a, a little sister in it, and she was a ghost. That's not a spoiler if anyone reads it. They know. <laughs> and, um, and she's 12 and a half. And so my publisher came to me and said, you know, would you consider doing a spinoff series, middle grade with a little sister? And I hadn't written a middle grade yet, but I love this character. She was super fun to write. Cause believe me, like inhabiting 
the body and soul of a 12 and a half year old, <laughs> you know, as an adult, yeah. and really go back into that like brave, confident age. Um, it was pretty fun. And yeah. so I said, I jumped at the chance. I'm like, oh, I'd love to write this story for her. And then, of course, when I sat down to write, I was completely frozen, you know. And I mean, I've had so many books under my belt by then, but not one of that age group. And and then I said, you know, it's not like I have to write a 12-year-old, whatever that means. It's not like there's a <laughs> mold for 12-year-old. I'm going to get it wrong. I just have to write that particular 12-year-old. Like mm-hmm. if I know that particular 12-year-old well enough, then I can write this character in the book. And then it just became this super fun experience. So I've always since then realized like, Whoever's going to drive this narrative, that's going to be the age level of this book. And all I have to do is, is, you know, find the way into this character. Mm. So how does, yeah. Cause I was wondering about that, how it was uh, like, what, what kind of things do you do to get in the mind? I, well, what, one of my questions was how do you get in, get into the mindset of writing from a teenager's point of view or like, how was it easier? Was it difficult kind of thing? And then I can hop back on to piggyback onto that question with, you know, even going younger. Cause I love your term for it, that optimistic confidence <laughs> of that age group, which is, it's so true. Um, and so, yeah, like how to, you know, what were the, like kind of the most challenging parts of like getting into those mindsets? Yeah, I think my, I think the teen voice is like just sort of my natural default voice. I mean, considering how many books I've written in that yeah. voice. And, you know, my first book when I was writing, I wasn't aware of genre at all. And I don't, <laughs> there wasn't really, um, you know, or, you know, age group categories. I was just writing this story that I'd had in my head for a number of years that I needed to get out. And I think, you know, there wasn't the huge, young adult wasn't like this huge thing that it is now. It didn't have half the shelf spaces you find yeah, in right. today. You know, it was a much smaller thing back then. And in, it wasn't until like I got an agent and he read my book and he was basically like, you know, what we have here is a young adult novel. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just writing a character. I wasn't thinking in those terms. And I can't say that I still do. Those are marketing terms that matter you know, to publishers and booksellers. But to me, I'm just a storyteller. And this just happens to be the age of the character. So, I mean, again, like I don't, think I really think like, oh, these are the things I can do or can't do. It's just once you really know that character and you're in it, you just naturally, the the landscape, the conversations, the relationships unfold from there. And, you know, I have pretty vivid memories of being a teen. It was a super, super long time ago, but, <laughs> but it's still pretty fresh how that felt for me. And of course, that's just like my experience as a teen. It's not going to necessarily be anyone else's, but you know, I think as long as you make that character seem authentic to who they are, then the reader will follow you there. Um, yeah, like you said, writing for a younger audience, of course, the story is going to be a little bit different. Um, it, and but again, that just flows from the characters. And there is something about being 12 years old. I mean, that was just such a pivotal time in my life and your friendships and, you know, who you think you are and, 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 and how you think you fit in the world and what you're going to do when you get out there. And it's so different from being 16, you know, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is like the self-consciousness hasn't fully 
settled in yet. You know, um, you're, it is, it's a brave, confident time and there's something so lovely about it. Yeah. And then, so kind of like going into your background, was that kind of like a way for you to explore that part of your personality or that part of that age group where you kind of like maybe revisited that mindset? Cause you like, kind of like you said before, like you, you know, you were forced to unfortunately be so much more responsible and contribute to the household in a way that is not, you had more important things to worry about at a very young age. Like you, yeah, you had to grow up pretty fast. So was that like a way for you maybe to just kind of imagine what it might've been like to enjoy that time of your life a little bit more? Oh, for sure. Dr. Freud. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. I mean, it's spot on. I got to reclaim, you know, that time of my life and I got to re-explore some of those issues and maybe give it a different ending or maybe give let the character handle a little differently than I did with, you know, like, what I learned along the way, and you can pass that on, um, maybe make worse decisions in some cases, you know, um, but certainly it's, it is definitely a chance to sort of reclaim that, do it over, have that experience that I did, that was cut short, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so then did you have your own, oh God, I forget her friend's name. Elodie. Yes. So did you have an Elodie in your life or were you still too distracted by like real world? Like, you know, I did. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. And I've known a few since then too. So there's a lot of Elodies out there. Yeah. Uh, And I, I don't know. I just didn't know how to, at first, I, I don't know. I guess I don't know, for lack of better words, like pin her down. I don't, I I don't, I haven't gotten the hang of her yet. Like I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. I don't want you to. I don't have the hang of her. (laughs) Yeah. I know there's something, there's something there that Natasha's like learning. And so the readers are learning, getting to know her, like, cause she, when she first like got there, she was just so angry and so like irritated, like what is going on? And like, she felt, I guess I was also confused, like why she felt betrayed by her friend, but I guess I understand like, why did Natasha feel so betrayed by Elodie for like, I guess I didn't see it as a trick, but I guess I also have the luxury of reading outside, you know, cause they're not, there's no uh, fourth wall breaking here. Like I'm as a reader, I'm reading the story from outside of the story, but I guess. Yeah. Cause at first I was like, cause she gets, she's angry. She's angry at Elodie. She's like, so sick, you know, she's like, what is going on? And And she kind of, it seems like her, her, her decision to stay there is a little, it comes down to her just looking out for her mom and, you know, and really it's cause she, she was totally fine with how her life was. It seemed like, or she was just like, whatever, like she didn't, she didn't care. But then once she saw how her mom was being taken care of and like the stipulation, well, if you leave, then, you know, your mom, you know, you guys are, are cut off kind of thing. And, also interesting to kind of see that brain processing for for the emotions and the logic of Natasha's brain trying to figure out like, okay, do I need it? Should I stay here? Like, cause if I don't, then we're screwed. If I do, then I can't leave or like what, you know, what is it even in, is this place? Like, this is so weird. And then Elodie, you know, she can't trust her anymore and I guess like there's a part of me that does see it but also I was like I just remember being so confused like why well why are you so mad like why are you so angry at your friend you know Elodie Elodie in all fairness did set her up for crime she didn't commit right right yeah yeah (laughs) and she you know had a little stint in jail because of it so 
Um, you know, I think for Natasha, when all the adults in your life are failing you and um, it, it almost becomes too scary to even hope and it just becomes safer to give up because that outcome, you know, and hope yeah. feels like a risk of getting your heart broken. Yeah. And so that's why she's just sort of complacent in her life because it just feels safer than hoping for yeah. something that, that's not going to arrive. And that she's just going to be failed again. And she just literally doesn't know if she can take another disappointment. And so Elodie comes along and she's shiny and fun and glamorous. And she sort of offers her this backstage pass to a life that she can have little bits of, you know. And for Natasha for a while, that's enough. Like, look, I have this friend. She's a little sketchy. (laughs) But, uh, you know, but it's it's a a backstage pass to kind of the cool bit of life that I am not going to get otherwise. And and it's sort of a deal, you know, that she makes with herself to be Elodie's friend, knowing that. And then it it goes wrong. And and she discovers that Elodie has been setting her up and, and, you know, she's blamed for a crime she didn't commit because of Elodie. Yeah. The whole thing in motion. So yeah, she arrives, she arrives at Grey Wolf pretty angry and, the only reason she does stay is because of her mom, because she's been put in a position where she's sort of her mom is emotionally dependent on her and sort of financially dependent on her. Mm-hmm. And so she's terrified, like, what happens to my mom if first it was if I'm not there, but then since Arthur is going to take care of her mom, then it's like, well, now, of course, I can't leave yeah. because I can never take care of my mom at the same level that Arthur's able to. Yeah. And so now that you do bring that up, like, I, I, I understand that, like that anger, but I guess like, I don't know. I feel like maybe just with me, if I would have found out why it was like, she just, she, she stayed mad. (laughs) She stayed mad for a long, for a while. And, um, you know, it definitely clouded her acceptance of, and like her decision-making too. And, but I don't know, I guess like being Elodie's friend when, just her personality in general. It's like, I, I understand the mistrust, like, or the distrust where, you know, she kind of got to keep her guard up a little bit, but I guess at the, you know, I, I got the impression that, that she kind of knew that. I don't know. I guess Elodie was for me, Elodie was kind of teetering the line a little bit. And that's like, we're go back to where like, no, I haven't quite, I haven't quite gotten her down yet. So you're not supposed to, I mean, she's a, she's a shape shifter. You don't know if you can trust her or not. You know, Elodie has, you know, a few sociopathic tendencies. Um, She's kind of out for herself. And, and, you know, at the same time, you know, Elodie was raised in the environment of Grey Wolf. You know, and Song tells her she's the best and worst of this place. Mm -hmm. Nobody Mm -hmm. there trusts Elodie. And they have their very good reasons for that. You know, so this is the environment Elodie was raised in. She doesn't know what, what it's like to live any other way, really. Um, yeah. So she's a product of where she's from, just like Natasha's a product of her sad home life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these two are coming together. Yeah. And then, of course, there's like, you know, the ridiculously gorgeous boy, Braxton, just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, who is just... I. He's, he's a, you know, he's a little bit elusive. He's definitely got some secrets too. As you know, with all, it seemed like too good to be true, right? Like the romance and everything. And so the whole time I was like, you know, it's like, oh, something's going to happen. 
something's going to happen. <laughs> he's not being honest. Like he's hiding something. He keeps looking away or he's, you know, doing that thing with his ring. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I was like, don't trust him, girl. Like keep your, you know, <laughs> keep your head up. But, you know, it's, that's, that's the, that's how you also put yourself in the teenage mindset. It's like, of course, you know, there's a pretty, there's a boy involved. And whenever there's a boy involved as, you know, your judgment is, is skewed and it's not, you know, she's not in like the normal world. So she's got to keep her guard up no matter what. And she feels like she can trust him. Like, even though he's like, he's obviously being very secretive and I have my theories, but I won't, I won't say him because I'm, I'm definitely also waiting for the next book. <laughs> so I'm like, it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to put out in the universe yet. Cause I don't know. I don't know, but, <laughs> um, you know, she's been dropped into a world that's been in motion, right? And 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 it has a, a long history and these students have this history with each other. They're in their own sort of quarantine. They're in their yeah. own sort of very secluded world, you know? And so I wanted it to have that aspect to it. I wanted it to be, feel like a little bit like, you know, the Gothic novels I loved to read growing up, that sort of remote place of secrets and, and no one's, you know, no one knows who to trust and, and all that. So she's been dropped into this world and now she has to try to figure it out and navigate her way through it. And everybody on that rock is keeping a secret, including mm. her. She's not being straight with Braxton either. Right, you know? right. So everybody is keeping a secret. Everybody's not sure who to trust. Everybody's sort of maneuvering around each other. And, um, and it's her job as the newest person on the block to try to, you know, figure some of this out and, and, and who can be a friend and who isn't. And what exactly is it that Arthur wants from her? Exactly. Know? Yeah. Well, why, why is she there? really why is she there yeah and it i guess i'm like i mean i'm sure you're gonna flesh this out soon but i'm like wondering also why the timing you know because obviously arthur has kept an eye on her or he's known about her for a while so it was like well why now why not you know years ago unless i guess we'll find out later but (laughs) it's like you know i'm just rolling it around in my brain because kind of just going back to like obviously arthur knows something And she, you know, she knows a lot that she doesn't realize she knows until something like kind of triggers it. And then she's kind of on to him in a sense, but at the same time, she doesn't completely understand her role and what she brings to the table and what you, her, like her abilities, what that means for a place like this. And so that's why I'm kind of like, you know, well, why now? Like, how long did Arthur know about her? What made him say, okay, go time for the new recruit sort yeah. of thing. I mean, you know, for, for the sake of the book, like he, he had to grab her before she was 18 because like her mom then had to sign her away. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, she turns 18 there and now she can technically leave like if he'd even let her, but she realizes she literally has nowhere to go. And her mom would be very unhappy <laughs> if she came home and it meant the end of, you know, his generosity. So she is sort of stuck there and she's, you know, now at an age that she's got a little more maturity than say nabbing her at 14. And mm. she was, she was also at her very, very worst So she can kind of only go up from there. Right. And the thing about Arthur is 
he's also a shapeshifter and he's a morally great person. Like she understands that a lot of what he does isn't terrible. You know, that, that her, that she actually is living a better life there that she has, because she's there, she's become this person that she feels proud of, you know, um, that he's actually saved these kids from sort of terrible predicaments. Um, so, you know, he, he's not all bad, you know, he's yeah. a great person. And I always find that far more interesting anyways, to write that person and to read about that person. Um, it's, it's, you know, to just make someone a flat out sociopath or something, I feel is a little bit lazy. Um, yeah. You know, it, it is. I mean, well, multidimensional are, is, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Makes, makes for a more interesting, for me, a more interesting story. Yeah, and, I, I agree. You know, try to figure out really who are you rooting for and who should you root for? You know? Yeah, exactly. I love that term. I love that term. Like who you're not sure who to root for. And that's part of the, yeah, that's part of the fun of like uh, the being frustrated is part of the fun as a reader. It's just like, Oh, yeah. just like, I want to know. Like, I was like, Oh, well, I gotta... my goal to frustrate you. <laughs> cool, goal accomplished. You know? <laughs> um, so just a few more questions before we wrap up here. So this is a couple questions I, I always love to ask. Cause I think it's, fascinating to hear the answers so what were uh what were like your favorite part or parts to write and like what would like the hardest the most difficult part or parts to write Hmm. I think my favorite parts to write are when they're like just the the communication between the characters you know I mean I just love writing scenes where like people are coming together or coming apart or not saying what they mean You know, I just love putting two characters in a room and making them communicate with each other. Um, Probably the hardest part, yet it all just fell into place so easily. But initially it was the hardest part because it was just like my fear of trying to make all the puzzle pieces come together Mm. was the actual puzzle within the book. Mm. Oh, okay. You know, and just trying to make these clues line up to mean something because all of the art mentioned in the book is real. All those statues at Versailles are real, you know, and so to make them all match up to this mythology I created, I was at first looking at that like, oh God, what a task I set for myself (laughs) here. What have I done, you know? But then it just all started falling into place. and, And so it became kind of a fun thing to do. But always I'm happiest when it's like two characters trying to get something from each other, mm, whether that yeah. means for understanding or literally get something from each other, <laughs> you know, that sort of dance that people do is always the most fun for me to write. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a lot of that going on. Cause <laughs> like how you mentioned before, like everybody, I like, I like the words you use, like everybody's learning how to like navigate each other. And that's like, that's exactly right. That's like on on point to describe the complicated like relationships and and being in this new world and Natasha having to to get with the program in terms of like choose somebody was saying I forget which character it was but like oh just so you know like if you want to fit in don't ask those type of questions mm-hmm. <laughs> like don't ask like where where they're from and how long they've been here and it's right. it's you know, which I thought that was so unique because usually that's like kind of the small talk you used to get 
to know people, but then that's off limits. Yeah, like that's <laughs> off limits. And like, uh, wait, okay. So like, because I had her, I'm like, I'm like her. It's like, yeah, you know, you, you want to know. Like, of course she wants to know. And like, she's not allowed to ask. She's like, like, so that's when she's like, what is, what? Like, <laughs> what yeah. is going? This is such a weird place. Yeah. So it adds to her awkwardness of how to maneuver with these people and how to talk to these people when nobody wants to talk about the past. You know, it's mm-hmm. all about right now whatever's happening right now that's how they center themselves and that's how they get through it yeah yeah you know not living in the past and just letting it go right yeah that's so true because it's part of the coping like just to be able to move on and and get in that mindset of what they're there to do because yeah if they keep thinking about those questions it's kind of like yeah that's such a smart like an you know, small little detail about the bigger picture of like what life is like there and the effect that it has on the people who've been there, you know, for various amounts of time. So I was talking about the numerology earlier, um, (laughs) which is super fun, super cool. So I'm a five. My numerology is a five. And if I'm looking at and it was so funny because my husband's is also a five. Oh, you're married a five. I guess. Yeah. Because I'm like, my my husband and I, we were in my opinion, we're totally opposites, but everybody's like, Oh my God, you're perfect for each other because of that. And I'm like, right. we're fine. like, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but some of those are true. Like I do like to travel. I like, I'm a lifelong learner. Um, I like an appetite for learning. I just like learning things. I love, you know, I'm a huge reader and I love, uh, reading things that make me feel smarter when I'm done. <laughs> so I definitely <laughs> like agree on that. Um, I guess the deep curiosity, it probably is there, but I guess I just never saw myself as super curious. That's I, yeah, reader. that's that component. Yeah. Travel. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my husband, I don't think he has any of these things. <laughs> <laughs> he has an appetite. He is deeply curious. He has appetite for learning. He's just very, he's very meticulous. So that definitely is in line. Like he's detail oriented. He needs, you know, he asks questions about, he asks all the questions like, Cause he just wants to have a really good grasp on it. Just, if it's for work or it's for like, you know, a hobby or if it's for like a TV show or something, he's always just like wanting to know. Um, and he likes to travel too. I feel like he's got some FOMO sometimes, <laughs> you know, where he just wants, he's like, well, I want to go or like, no, let's go. You know, I, well, why, why can't, you know, let's do it. Let's both do it kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was super cool. And I think my, if I can remember correctly, I think my, uh, my oldest son was a master number 22. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, where it's like creative, hardships oh no no maybe that's my youngest son i think my oldest son was a four actually if i remember yeah so okay this will be interesting to see you know because i mean like at their age it's it's it's, their personalities are coming through but there's also like the developmental milestones that they're still learning and meeting and you know like my four-year-old he i feel like he's still coping with managing his emotions and he just feels the emotions very strongly and so it's it's hard to be like, you know, we're at that point where I'm like, no, it's understandable that, you know, you feel this way, but you can't, 
you know, find better ways to act out. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, just trying to find language to to kind of explain that to him. And then the 18 month old, he's just a troublemaker. So we'll see where that leads. To. <laughs> you know, he just he and he knows it. He's the most adorable thing and and he knows it too. It's like it's he knows how to turn on the charm. So maybe that's maybe some of that will like also leak in. So it'll just it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, those are know. just really brief descriptions to fit within like a page, you know. Yeah. You online and find way more you know okay. uh, in depth um and it's kind of fun you know it's is it part of like is it kind of a crossover with like astrology or no well, not astrology what am I thinking? Like this, am I thinking astrology, like the Zodiac and all those, like the signs and how, you know, it matters, like the type of the time of day you were born, the day of the week. Um, yeah. No, like that. it's not like about where planets are lined up at that okay. time or anything like that. And then you can also do it for your name because every, oh, okay. every alphabet has a corresponding, you know, number. And so there's a number that your name carries as well. Okay. So yeah. There's all different, like that is such like a brief rundown. <laughs> you do such a deep dive and you like to learn things. So <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll go, I'll have to take a look yeah, at it. Cause yeah, it, it was really pretty cool. There. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a fun little thing. So thought I yeah, would that. that's what, yeah. Cause there was a lot of, you know, going back to the history and the artifacts and the historical events of of you know things that enter that they interact with and so you know i thought it was really cool and, and it's like you know i have to check it out but i'll have to i'll have to dive uh deeper into it so a few more questions so what do you hope readers get out of natasha's story so far i mean my my hope is the same with every book i i want to entertain people i want to inspire people and maybe, you know, inform them, maybe have them walk away either with, you know, a new way of looking at something or having learned something they didn't know or just, uh, or, you know, questioning something they didn't think to question. Mm-hmm. So those are always my, my goals, entertain, inform and inspire. You know, sometimes you hit it, sometimes you don't, depends on the reader, you know, but that's, <laughs> that's what I, but, you know, mostly I'm there to entertain. I want to tell an entertaining story about, a, you know, a unique experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this was, yeah. And this was a bit different than what I've uh, been reading recently anyway. So no, it was a nice um, change of pace for sure. Uh, so what can readers look forward to in the in the next one are there is this going to be a trilogy or just a duology yeah, or okay and Thank i'm you. just finishing up the second book right now and um i think where book one is a lot about natasha's sort of arriving having this really big emotional arc and really coming into her own and then you know there's all these secrets and lies i think book two has a lot to do with unraveling a lot mm. of the secrets and lies and questions she has. Um, and of course, more time travel, more romance, more art. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe some new secrets and lies. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, because like for the um the newest recruit, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was so yeah. excited. I was like, but then I was like, oh God, I'm already like, because I 
often read on my Kindle. And so when I see that there's like 98% left in the, you know, or I've, there's 2% left in the book and, and then the big bomb is dropped like that. I'm like, ah, like, you know, so <laughs> that's the part of the frustration of, that you're accomplishing. <laughs> you gotta, yeah, you gotta get readers to, to get excited. Uh, oh, one last question. So the cover so beautiful so detailed like there's there's a bunch going on in it but it's like it's very beautiful so how what was the process like for that like did you did you get to pick did you get have a say like who what what you know how did, how did that come about listen this cover i love this cover and this is 100 100% the genius and creativity of Brie Archer she's the cover designer at Entangled and it's hundred percent her. I, I did nice. nothing, but like, look at it and go, Oh my God, thank you. This is beautiful. <laughs> and it's crazy. And I, I'm not going to give a spoiler, but there is like actual items in this cover that end up being in the book. And, and that was not planned. Like this. Oh, cover wow. Okay. Came before I even like completed this whole book. And then I didn't like look at the cover and be like, Oh, how do I make that fit? It just like worked out. It was just one of those wonderful synchronicities, but yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Brie, Brie, and she's done the cover for the second book too, which we haven't revealed yet, but it's just as beautiful. She's so good. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I was, cause sometimes authors are like, you know, they have their vision boards and they have a lot of input every step of the way. And sometimes authors don't really have any input, but they end up like absolutely loving what came yeah. out of it. And so I, yeah, I was just curious. Cause I remember that's, you know, that is a cover that's going to catch people's eye on, on the bookshelf for sure. Yeah. I mean, believe me, there's times when I've, you know, had a lot of say or given a lot of suggestions and, and this one I didn't, and it's beautiful. So I'm like, maybe that's the way to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a lesson learned, maybe. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the so way. <laughs> that's awesome. So was that difficult for you then to like step away, or did you not have a choice for you know well, having I, input I was, versus not? Yeah, you know, I was so busy just writing that I didn't even realize like. <laughs> And it was early. It was just really early that they came up with it. So they just sort of went, Hey, what do you think of this for a cover? And I was like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? This yeah. is amazing. <laughs> you know? So it just sort of sprang on me. I didn't even know that was like happening behind the scenes, you know? Was, oh, right. Yeah. So I guess you figured like that you figured maybe that uh, part would come like later. later. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> oh, that's down the line. And they were already crafting that together. So. That's awesome. That's yeah. super cool. No, I, I love the cover. Absolutely. I feel like I could just stare at it for like brief uh-huh. periods of time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. Uh, Allison Noel, thank you so much. This was really enjoyable. Fun talking to you and getting to know more about, um, you know, Grey Wolf and Natasha and the fun, you know, getting in the mindset and also the fun com- you know, complications of, of almost like high school drama, but very, very different, very, very different circumstances. So um, it was very, very cool book. I'm excited for this sequel. So Stealing Infinity coming out June 28th. And then you have like a website and social media stuff that you want to plug real quick. Yeah. AliceNoel.com. And I'm on Instagram, AliceNoel, Facebook, official Alice Noel. Um, if you go to my AliceNoel.com, you'll see the links to all of that. 
Nice. Perfect. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, we'll, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for, for the next one. Thanks so much for having me. This is super fun. And that was Allison Noel talking about Stealing Infinity, which comes out June 28th. Um, as always, you can check out the show notes if you want to check out our website or follow her on social media. And always for the podcast and website for the Nerd Cantina, um, you know, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. You can find my book reviews on thenerdcantina.com. And you can keep coming back for more Cantina conversations with some really cool authors and talented people. But yeah, thanks for listening. Talk to you later.